Section 21 of Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 11. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 11. Section 21. Excerpts from Robinson Crusoe by Daniel Defoe. Crusoe's Shipwreck Nothing can describe the confusion of thought which I felt when I sunk into the water, for though I swam very well, yet I could not deliver myself from the waves so as to draw my breath, till that wave having driven me, or rather carried me, a vast way on towards the shore, and having spent itself went back, and left me upon the land almost dry, but half dead was the water I took in. I had so much presence of mind as well as breath left, that seeing myself nearer the mainland than I expected, I got upon my feet and endeavoured to make on towards the land as fast as I could, before another wave should return and take me up again. But I soon found it was impossible to avoid it, for I saw the sea coming after me as high as a great hill, and as furious as an enemy, which I had no means or strength to contend with. My business was to hold my breath, and raise myself upon the water if I could, and so by swimming to preserve my breathing, and pilot myself towards the shore if possible, my greatest concern now being that the wave, as it would carry me a great way towards the shore when it came on, might not carry me back again, with it when it gave back towards the sea. The wave that came upon me again buried me at once twenty or thirty feet deep in its own body, and I could feel myself carried with a mighty force and swiftness towards the shore a very great way, but I held my breath and assisted myself to swim still forward with all my might. I was ready to burst with holding my breath when, as I felt myself rising up, so to my immediate relief I found my head and hands shoot out above the surface of the water, and though it was not two seconds of time that I could keep myself so, yet it relieved me greatly, gave me breath and new courage. I was covered again with water a good while, but not so long, but I held it out. And finding the water had spent itself and began to return, I struck forward against the return of the waves, and fell to ground again with my feet. I stood still a few moments to recover breath, until the water went from me, and then took to my heels and ran, with what strength I had, farther towards the shore. But neither would this deliver me from the fury of the sea, which came pouring in after me again, and twice more I was lifted up by the waves and carried forward as before, the shore being very flat. The last time of these two had well nigh been fatal to me, for the sea having hurried me along as before, landed me, or rather dashed me against a piece of rock, and that with such force, that it left me senseless, and indeed helpless, as to my own deliverance, for the blow taking my side and breast, beat the breath as it were quite out of my body, and had it returned again immediately, I must have been strangled in the water, but I recovered a little before the return of the waves, and seeing I should again be covered with the water, I resolved to hold fast by a piece of the rock, and so to hold my breath, if possible, till the wave went back. 
now as the waves were not so high as the first being nearer land i held my hold till the wave abated and then fetched another run which brought me so near the shore that the next wave though it went over me yet did not so swallow me up as to carry me away and the next run i took i got to the mainland where to my great comfort i clambered up the cliffs on the shore and sat me down upon the grass free from danger and quite out of the reach of the water i was now landed and safe on shore and began to look up and thank god that my life was saved in a case wherein there were some minutes before scarce any room to hope i believe it is impossible to express to the life what the ecstasies and transports of the soul are when it is so saved as i may say out of the grave and i did not wonder now at the custom viz that when a malefactor who has the halter about his neck is tied up and just going to be turned off and has a reprieve brought to him i say i do not wonder that they bring a surgeon with it to let him blood that very moment they tell him of it that the surprise may not drive the animal spirits from the heart and overwhelm him for sudden joys like griefs confound at first i walked about the shore lifting up my hands and my whole being as i may say wrapped up in the contemplation of my deliverance making a thousand gestures and motions which i cannot describe reflecting upon my comrades that were drowned and that there should not be one soul saved by myself for as for them i never saw them afterwards or any sign of them except three of the hats one cap and two shoes that were not fellows i cast my eyes to the stranded vessel when the breach and force of the sea began so big i could hardly see it it lay so far off and considered lord how was it possible i could get on shore crusoe makes a new home i soon found the place i was in was not for my settlement particularly because it was upon a low moorish ground near the sea and i believed it would not be wholesome and more particularly because there was no fresh water near it so i resolved to find a more healthy and more convenient spot of ground i consulted several things in my situation which i found would be proper for me first air and fresh water i just now mentioned secondly shelter from the heat of the sun thirdly security from ravenous creatures whether men or beasts fourthly a view to the sea that if god sent any ship in sight i might not lose any advantage for my deliverance of which i was not willing to banish all my expectation yet i searched for a place proper for this i found a little plain on the side of a rising hill whose front towards this little plain was steep as a house side so that nothing could come down upon me from the top on the side of this rock there was a hollow place worn a little way in like the entrance or door of a cave but there was not really any cave or way into the rock at all on the flat of the green just before this hollow place i resolved to pitch my tent this plain was not above a hundred yards broad and about twice as long and lay like green before my door and at the end of it descended irregularly every way down into the low ground by the seaside it was on the north-northwest side of the hill so that it was sheltered from the heat every day 
till it came to a west and by south sun or thereabouts which in those countries is near the setting before i set up my tent i drew a half circle before the hollow place which took in about ten yards in its semi-diameter from the rock and twenty yards in its diameter from its beginning and ending in this half circle i pitched two rows of long stakes driving them into the ground till they stood very firm like piles the biggest end being out of the ground about five feet and a half and sharpened on the top the two rows did not stand above six inches from another then i took the pieces of cable which i cut in the ship and laid them in rows one upon another within the circle between these two rows of stakes up to the top placing other stakes in the inside leaning against them about two feet and a half high like a spurge a post and this fence was so strong that neither man nor beast could get into it or over it this cost me a great deal of time and labor especially to cut the piles in the woods bring them to the place and drive them into the earth the entrance into this place i made to be not by a door but by a short ladder to go over the top which ladder when i was in i lifted over after me and so i was completely fenced in and fortified as i thought from all the world and consequently slept secure in the night which otherwise i could not have done though as it appeared afterwards there was no need of all this caution against the enemies that i apprehended danger from a footprint it happened one day about noon going towards my boat i was exceedingly surprised with the print of a man's naked foot on the shore which was very plain to be seen on the sand i stood like one thunderstruck or as if i had seen an apparition i listened i looked about me but i could hear nothing or see anything i went up to a rising ground to look farther i went up the shore and down the shore but it was all one i could see no other impression but that one i went to it again to see if there were any more and to observe if it might not be my fancy but there was no room for that for there was exactly the print of a foot toes heel and every part of a foot how it came hither i knew not nor could i in the least imagine but after innumerable fluttering thoughts like a man perfectly confused and out of myself i came home to my fortification not feeling as we say the ground i went on but terrified to the last degree looking behind me at every two or three steps mistaking every bush and tree and fancying every stump at a distance to be a man nor is it possible to describe how many various shapes my affrighted imagination represented things to me in how many wild ideas were found every moment in my fancy and what strange unaccountable whimsies came into my thoughts by the way when i came to my castle or so i think i called it ever after this i fled into it like one pursued whether i went over by the ladder at first contrived or went in at the hole in the rock which i had called a door i cannot remember no nor could i remember the next morning for never frightened hare fled to cover or fox to earth with more terror of mind than i to this retreat End of section twenty one